and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth. Because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would love to chat with you online or on social media. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and I've shared briefly in a previous episode about a time when God called my family and I to fight for someone who was in a really bad situation, for someone who was vulnerable and honestly experiencing evil. And that was hard. It was hard to engage in the first place, in part because we flat out didn't know what to do. It was hard because it hurt. Many times when God calls us to fight a particular battle, he first breaks our hearts over the situation. I believe he gives us a glimpse of the pain that he himself sees, and that can be overwhelming. In this situation, it was overwhelming. And there were times that I wanted to shut my emotions off, to disengage, to act as if I didn't know about the situation, to let somebody else step in. But God wasn't calling someone else. He was calling us. He was calling us to courageously fight against evil, not knowing how things would turn out, not knowing even how we were to proceed. And I don't know about you, but I don't like unknowns. I don't like to feel like I don't know the next step. That can make me feel anxious. I don't like uncertainty. And as a result, because of all this, we were forced to rely on him to seek his will and his heart like we never had before. And I got to tell you, this became harder to do as time went on, in part because I grew impatient and discouraged, but also just the situation began to feel hopeless. And and when we would do something and things didn't turn out like we anticipated or when they actually seemed to get worse, we began questioning our actions and, and really questioning if we were even supposed to remain engaged at all. It was just a time. The whole process really was a time of of wrestling, of of seeking God, of battling our own insecurities and our fears, and of seeking God again. And and sometimes it just felt like what we were up against was just too big. And while I knew intellectually that nothing was too big or too hard for God at night, when I lay in bed and just kind of thinking over the entire situation and and everything that was up ahead and my stomach would get knotted and I would just be weeping over the situation, it felt so hard to really believe those truths, that nothing was too big, not that this situation was not too big for God. And like I said, I was tempted to disengage, but I was also tempted to sort of force my way forward, to, to jump in and, and try to fix the situation as quickly as I could. And I often vacillated between those two desires. And in those moments, when it felt as if my anxiety was sort of playing ping pong with my soul, I had to make a deliberate choice to trust God. I had to do that again and again, actually. And I had to trust not necessarily that the situation would all turn out okay, because God never gave us any guarantees. Instead, I had to trust that God would bring good out of it, no matter what happened. I had to trust that even if God didn't come through, as my family and I hoped, that His ways still were best.
Have you ever found yourself in that place where maybe God called you to action into what felt like a particularly dark and challenging situation? Or maybe he's calling you to something now. I believe as God's chosen and empowered ambassadors, we are all called to engage in a holy battle. That will look different for each of us. But he's calling each of us to find our place in advancing his light against our world's darkness. That's hard. That's challenging. That that can often cause us to feel afraid, to feel uncertain. It can make us more alert than ever of all our inadequacies. But we can step forward with confidence and courage, knowing God, our deliverer and our protector, stands with us, strengthens and guides us, and goes before us. We are never alone. And in Christ, we are always, always amply supplied. Now, we see an example of this in the story of a rescued baby king. His story is recorded in 2 Kings chapter 11, then also in 2 Chronicles chapter 22. So Judah's king, an evil king, had just been assassinated, as had all the priests of a pagan god, a false god that Judah had come to worship. All the priests were killed as well. And then we're told in 2 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, so that was the the king that had been assassinated, when she saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to destroy the whole royal family. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram and sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the royal princes who were about to be murdered. She put him and his nurse in a bedroom to hide him from Athaliah so he was not killed. He remained hidden with his nurse at the temple of the Lord for six years while Athaliah ruled the land. Six years is a long time to hide a baby. The nurse and Jehoshaphat were probably risking their lives to do so. And I imagine in many ways they gave up portions of their life as well. And what they thought it would look like, they probably sacrificed a lot to engage in this holy battle. I don't know how involved Jehoshaphat was with the child's care, but I know for the nurse, like that had to be a sacrifice to remain hidden with this child. I once heard a pastor state that when we sense God's call in an area, it will often feel something like a death. Now, I don't know about you, but that's often the case with me. That's often been the case with me. To embrace whatever new thing God is doing or calling me to, I have to let something go. Now, this was true with the battle that he called my family and I to fight as well. The biggest thing I had to give up was my time. And that can be really challenging for me to surrender my plans, my agenda, and therefore my illusion of control. But I found that's actually a gift because whatever I try to control soon ends up controlling me. I find such freedom and peace in surrender and reaching that place where I recognize that I truly am completely dependent on God. And I learned to live in that dependence. And I imagine Jehoshaphat and the child's nurse, and Jehoshaphat's husband, I imagine they had moments of surrender during those six years. Now, I don't know if Jehoshaphat had any indication of how long they would be hiding the child, whether it would be five years or 10 years or 15 years. I don't know how she and her husband and the nurse originally had planned to use their time. And I I wonder what Jehoshaphat had to surrender relationally as well. 
According to scripture, she was the dead king's sister. So she was going against family as well. And maybe that's your story. Maybe you know what the right thing to do is in your particular situation, but you're afraid of what that might cost, the relationships your actions might sever, or the pain you're worried that you'll cause someone else. I've been in situations like that before, and those relational dynamics can make obedience feel so much more challenging. They force me to choose between God, between living for Him and someone I care about, and that is super, super hard. Now, I don't know what kind of emotional turmoil Jehoshaphat felt, if any, But I do know how she acted. She acted with courageous, immediate, and committed obedience. And with her obedience, light advanced against darkness. Because here's the thing, and we need to hold on to this. The next time God calls us into any kind of battle, light always, always, always wins. Now, notice what the study notes in my Tyndale Bible says. Athalia's attempts to kill all of Ahazia's sons was futile because God had promised that the Messiah would be born through David's descendants. And when God promises us something, the circumstances are irrelevant. The challenges before us are irrelevant. Everything else becomes irrelevant. And that's one reason it's so important that we know God's promises. They give us the strength and the courage to keep fighting, however God leads, even when victory seems years away, like it must have felt like for Jehoshaphat. The evil murderous queen ruled for six long years. And while scripture doesn't tell us what her reign was like, based on her previous behavior, I doubt anyone felt much peace. They were probably living in fear and uncertainty and anxiety. But during that time, I'm relatively certain Jehoshaphat and her husband and the nurse were were not just sitting on their hands. They must have been praying. They must have been seeking God day after day after day, seeking his guidance, seeking, seeking his guidance for that very next step and for his timing, waiting, waiting patiently on his command. And then one day it seems it came because the Bible tells us in the seventh year of Athaliah's reign, Jehoiada the priest, so that was Jehoshaphat's husband, strengthened himself, or as the New Living Translation puts it, summoned his courage, made a pact with five army commanders, and they traveled secretly throughout Judah, gathering the Levites, so that was the Jewish priests. And this seems to imply, so the fact that that he strengthened himself or summoned his courage, that seems to imply that this situation brought him fear, enough that he needed to summon his courage. Now, do you ever do that? Do you ever intentionally summon your courage, maybe through prayer, speaking verses out loud, reminding yourself of God's faithfulness, maybe listening to praise music? If we want to live courageously, to break free from the bondage of fear, we must learn to summon our courage, to intentionally find ways to build our faith, to to speak words of faith into our soul. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to go back and listen to the first episode of this podcast where I guide you into really grounding your faith in who God is, what he's done, and what he's promised. That's where we find courage And that's where where our fear begins to lose its hold on us, when we really anchor ourselves in those truths. And then I also encourage you to check out episode 15, 
where I discuss the courage to fight our battle against anxiety. Both will give you some some applicable tools that you can apply to really help you stand firm in faith. Now, scripture doesn't tell us how Jehoiada strengthened himself, but again, I suspect he spent considerable time in prayer. And then he and his commanders, his army commanders, they gathered a bunch of people, mercenaries and palace guards included, and they summoned them to the temple. And there he made a solemn pact with them, and he made them swear an oath of loyalty. And then once he did, he showed them the king's son. Now, this took courage as well. Every step of his journey actually took courage. And I think it's true for us as well, right? Like that first step of obedience is hard, but we need to maintain courage because there's going to be opportunities along the way, along this, this, the journey of our battle, of our call, where we're going to be tempted to shrink back. And this might have been a time when Jehoiada was tempted to shrink back. He had to trust that none of the people that he gathered would betray him, that none of them would go tell the queen about the child. And then once they were gathered, he told them the plan. And then he stationed them strategically in order to move God's plan forward. So in other words, Jehoiada was he not only waited on God's timing, which took patience, perseverance, and courage, but he summoned help. So he gathered all these people and then he was strategic. And we need to be strategic in our battles as well. Often when I first sense God's call in an area, I just want to spring forward and I can move forward before I have fully listened for God's direction. I have a difficult time waiting a week, let alone six years, to hear what my next step is. And we may sense God's call in an area, but the question is, is he calling us to jump in now? Or is he calling us to prepare? Is he maybe preparing us for what's ahead? Is he calling us to gather a support system around us? And my experience is that he rarely, if ever, calls us to fight our battles alone. So Jehoiada gathered the people to help him, and then he also fought this battle God's way. He said in Second Chronicles 23, verse 6, no one is to enter the temple of the Lord except the priests and the Levites on duty. They may enter because they are consecrated, but all the others are to observe the Lord's command not to enter. Now that can be challenging, can't it? It wasn't my situation. There were times when I was tempted to win by whatever means necessary, but I knew that wasn't God's way. I also knew if I fought my battle God's way, God would fight for me. And isn't that what we all want? To have our protector, our savior, and our deliverer to fight on our behalf, to uphold our cause. And when we fight our battles God's way, we demonstrate that we trust him to fight for us. And if we're feeling afraid, that means our present battle is an opportunity for us to grow our trust. And as our trust grows, our fears decrease. Now, I want to circle back to the story I shared at the beginning of this episode. God did amazing things, miraculous things. And because we chose to engage and to remain engaged, we were able to witness those miracles. We saw his light break through in ways that couldn't be explained in any other way except to say that was God. So while the journey was hard, it was painful, it was stressful, and at times frightening, God used the situation to bring about such good and to strengthen our faith in the process. And he will do the same for you. So lean into him, follow his lead, and trust him. Thank you so much 
for listening. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure to share it with your friends because life is much too short for them to live enslaved to fear as well. I would love it if you would rate this podcast. That encourages us and then it also helps others to find it. Until next time, may you live with the courage of one who truly has been set free. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free Story Behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.